I'll, I'll tell people this all the time. If you're on the bubble and you're not sure, one thing I can tell you is that when you are a property owner and if you're under a bulk agreement, you go back to the cable company and say, this is not working out for me. I want to go and, and discontinue this contract and go to a, a non-bulk contract. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it happen. <laughs> I've never seen it happen, right? Because they don't want that. You're on the contract they prefer. But if you're on a non-bulk agreement, you say, you know what? We want to switch to bulk. Yeah. That's where they want you to go. Anyhow, they're, they're willing to, to work with you on that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Aaron Fregnito, your host of the Passive Cashflow Podcast, back again with another episode. And our guest today is Kevin Gardner. How are we doing today, Kevin? Doing great, Aaron. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. I wanted you to come on the show because you help people, uh, landlords, really make alternative forms of income on things that their tenants are already paying for and already need. And uh, I thought it was really cool how you can not only just on the uh, electric and gas side, but also cable and t- internet. And, and uh, that, that's really cool, too. So I want to break into exactly what does multifamily utility solutions do? Well, first and foremost, we um, work with cable and internet. That's where probably 85 to 90% of our business comes from. And, and that's where we can help owners the, the most. The reason we've tagged ourselves as utility solutions is because in certain deregulated markets, we have an energy broker who can also help with electric and gas. And we like to pride ourselves on, you know, really the subject matter experts when it comes to cable and internet. But we partner with other companies. So no matter what utility you need a solution for, we've got colleagues who we can recommend, whether it's trash removal, whether it's, um, uh, you know, submetering for water or, or things like that. You know, we know people and we can and we've got partnerships with them. So we really do pride ourselves on, on trying to help in any and all utilities situations. Uh, that's really good stuff. I mean, with being a landlord, you know, we have all these utilities that we're either paying for or our tenants are paying for. And uh, there's a lot of money exchanging hands. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't exactly know how it works. So let's say I'm uh, buying a, uh, well, for example, you said it works best for, for 25 unit properties. So um, let's take the one I, I just bought 25 units in Patterson, New Jersey. Okay. So I just bought that in uh, October with a number of investors. So Let's say we wanted to uh, work with your group to um, make alternative forms of income on cable, internet, electric, gas. How would we work with your group and how, what would that experience be like? Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, we did say that it's, it's got to be like 25 at a minimum to even mm-hmm. qualify. I mean, those, the real sweet spot is, you know, roughly 100, that 50 to 100 is a nice range. And anything over 100 is just kind of a, a slam dunk in most cases. Nice. Um, but, you know, because it, it, it's like when you go to buy, right, Who, who's got the leverage? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a game of leverage. And that's exactly what it is. So yeah. if we're negotiating for 100 units, we get a little bit more leverage, we get a little bit more of their attention than we do if we have 25. But nonetheless, um, you know, the first thing we would do is, is all we would want to know is the, the name of the property. If you've recently changed it, um, the primary address and the number of units. And then we're going to dig in and see, first of all, who are the cable and internet providers on site already? 
and who's available in that marketplace. For those that are on site already, we're going to reach out to them and we're going to say, hey, we're working for Aaron. What can you tell me about the existing contract? Is there an existing contract in place? Because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, through no fault of anybody, I, I've never seen anybody intentionally not provide this in due diligence, but sometimes there's contracts that don't show up in due diligence because the owner that's you're buying it from maybe didn't get it from the previous due diligence process. You know, as things get sold, things get lost. Mm -hmm. And that goes on both sides, right? Because as cable companies get sold, things get lost. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just has happened. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So um, we try and determine, is there a contract already in place? Is, is there a opportunity here or is there not an opportunity here? And if we're able to determine that there, you know, let's say there is a contract in place, we get it from the cable provider and give it to you because it didn't show up in due diligence. And then we put it into our billing, our, our tracking system so that we make sure that when it expires, we notify you so that we can renegotiate. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So then, uh, and then, so you're in touch with, in this case, the cable company, right? Um, right. And uh, so let's say out of our 25 unit property, half the people are paying for cable, right? Is, yeah. okay, is that, that's our assumption. So in the, I know it's a small case, but so in, in your case, you're going to actually negotiate with the power, with the cable company directly and, and try to essentially have some type of uh, profit sharing as far as all those cable fees that are being paid. Is that correct? Right. So, so what a lot of people don't realize, and, and this is when, when I tell people that we help with the cable agreements, most people say, well, we don't pay for cable for our residents, so we don't need an agreement. Mm -hmm. But what they don't realize is, for example, you use the example of Patterson. You know, Patterson may grant to Comcast a, a non-exclusive franchise to operate in the, in the municipality there of, of, of Patterson. Well, all that does is give them the access to the public easements, the public rights of ways. They can't give them the right to be on your personal property. So if you're a homeowner in Patterson and you sign up for service, you're giving them permission to be on your personal property. Hmm. But those, those 12 or 13 people in your property mm -hmm. don't have the right, technically, they have the right to become a customer and say, yeah, I'm going to pay my bill and this is what I want and all that kind of stuff and run your credit check on me. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the, 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 you know, the ability to grant the cable company, the right to be on your personal property. Mm -hmm. So there's an extra step when it comes to multifamily and you're in, in essence, the gatekeeper. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that has value. So what we do is we represent you and we help determine what that value is. And, you know, we're in a unique position. I used to work for Comcast. <laughs> so I've been on the other side. I understand all the terminology. I understand what's fair and what's not fair, because I used to help determine what's fair and what's not fair, right? right, right. I used to be the guy who would, and, and you have to understand, they're not just giving you money to be charitable, right? right? It's a, what's my return on this investment? Am I able to give more to a property that's maybe a hundred units and has 50 customers than I am a, a property that's a hundred units and have 25 customers? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because my return on that investment is, is greater, I want to make sure that I continue to have the ability to serve those those fifty customers. So, so that's kind of how um, we have the ability to do that. 
Okay, and then the same would go for internet, I assume as well. <clears throat> the more customers you have for the internet, the more negotiating power you have to say, we're gonna go with this provider or this provider and uh, you know, depending on the type, whatever they offer you, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, in most cases, you know, like what used to be called the cable company, Comcast, no longer really just the cable company, but everything comes in over the same wire. So the access is granted for that wire and the services they deliver on that wire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, as far as like uh, the process to negotiate back and forth with them, is it is it very in-depth? Do I would I have to do a lot as a landlord? But, you know, how much of my time do you need to make this work? Yeah, we try and make it as turnkey as possible. So you may have to provide us with a letter of authorization, but we've got a template. We fill it all in. We send it to you. It's one page. You sign it. And then that gives us the authority to negotiate on your behalf, but not the authority to enter into any agreements on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we do for you is not binding in any way. And the agreement you enter into will be with the cable company, mm-hmm. not with us. We have an agreement with you that basically says, if we get you money, you pay us a percentage of it, mm-hmm. but but that's, that's it. So we cannot negotiate. And that works great because as we're getting a percentage of what we get for you, then we have every incentive in the world to get as much as possible. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Are there any other like startup fees or flat fees nope. or anything like that? Okay. No, nope. not a single. There's no, there's no hourly. There's no retainer. There's no anything. It's we get a percentage of what we get you. If we get you nothing, mm-hmm. we get paid nothing. Right, right. Okay. And uh, so within that, in that scenario, I like that win-win structure there. So um, you know, let, let's take the small building, for example, I know it's only 25 units, but let's say we, so we have 25 people definitely paying for internet, definitely electric and gas. And, um, let's just assume they're all paying for cable TV as well. Okay. So, um, you're going to go in there and try and negotiate a deal with those providers and, uh, work out, uh, some type of, uh, payment structure or, uh, profit structure, you know, that we're going to get a piece, I guess, with the uh, company ongoing, or, or is it more of just a, flat fee up front that the companies, the internet company is going to pay out. How would that work exactly? Yeah, there's, there's two types of agreements. One is what's called Mm non-bulk or right of access agreement. And all that does is lets the cable company continue to operate on your property, but their agreements and their customers are the residents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in that scenario, you don't pay anything. Um, we negotiate for usually an upfront door fee that says, if we sign this deal to help you um, market your services on our property, mm-hmm. we'll get X dollars per unit for the, you know, as a one-time fee. And then on an ongoing basis, we'll get a percentage of the rep. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other option is what's called a bulk agreement. Mm-hmm. And in a bulk agreement, what would happen is, you would take over and say, I'm going to give as an amenity, um, if, if I'm raising my rent, maybe I, I can add it and raise my rent by more because the perceived value is more because you can buy it at a discount if you're buying for bulk. Mm-hmm. But then you become the customer of the cable company Understood. for all 25 of those units. Now, there's pros and cons, right? I mean, if you're buying a property and you're trying to raise and it's in the competitive market and you need something else to set you aside mm-hmm. from your competitors mm-hmm. um, or you're going in and maybe you need to, your, your, your rent that you just bought is, is low and you need to raise it, but 
you need mm-hmm. to show them something in return. Maybe you want to include it as an amenity mm-hmm. and charge more than what you're paying for it. The downside to that is that you are then on the hook and you pay every single month for every unit, regardless of whether or not they want it, use it, or whether or not the unit is even occupied. Mm. So I'm not telling you which is is best because it's like when you buy a property, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to determine what's best for that property. What's that property worth? And so that's one of the first things I do with a new client is, is help understand you know, your properties and, and what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to, did you just buy this one and you want to hold it for generations and generations and pass it on to the grandkids and all that? Right. That might be a different strategy than, you know what, look, I just bought this. I want to flip it in 24 months mm-hmm. and move on to the next one. Or I want to do what I can to refinance it so that I can take out the proceeds from that, the, the added value and go buy another property, but hold this one. And that's what we ha- that's what we want to understand because th- let's face it, those are different strategies. And each of those strategies may have a different strategy for us to, to or a recommendation that we would make. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I, I could see, you know, also uh, I was thinking, you know, rent control is one of the challenges we run up against in uh, repositioning apartment buildings in New Jersey. A lot of times the tenants are like, yeah, I'll agree to that higher monthly rent because you're doing all these different things to the property, but rent control doesn't allow us. So like the landlord and the tenant can both be in agreement that this is the rent we're going to pay and everyone's happy, but the the government gets involved and says, no, you can't do that, you know, because you've increased the rent more than 5% of what the tenant was at. So it complicates things. It's kind of silly at the end of the day, but it, it is something we're up against now and then. And so ideally we can say, okay, we'll include your internet or so. And, you know, but really you have to do it on a mass basis. It sounds like, you know, you would have to, uh, first of all, everyone wants internet. So the internet's kind of a safe investment, I, I would say. Um, right. right. Especially electric and electric and gas as, as well. But uh, cable TV, I would be, I would not want to be on the hook for be, paying everyone's cable TV bill because, my wife and I haven't paid for cable TV in five years, right? We're right. millennials. We don't, we don't like cable TV. Why, why the hell do we pay for cable TV? I have more right. content than I'll ever need. And, you know, on Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, yep. it's like, I'm same never, way, you know, yeah. So plus commercials, like I'm not sitting through a commercial. That's uh, so uh, yesterday. Right. And, <laughs> and you want me to pay for that? Like what is cable? Right. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Oh, but, but we can split those apart and we can yeah. do internet only in some cases. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the, the um, cable TV subscriptions are declining. So the cable companies are trying to do everything they can sure. to try and make sure that they hold their market share on video. So they love bulk. If you left it up to the cable company, they would say, I would want a bulk contract over a non-bulk contract all day long. Mm-hmm. I've got one customer um, that's paying. It's a dependable customer because it's a, it's a multifamily property owner. Mm-hmm. And I'm not running trucks out there all the time mm-hmm. because everybody's hooked up. There's, you know, if somebody moves out and somebody else moves in, I don't have to run a truck to disconnect somebody. I'm not worrying about collections. I'm only sending one bill. The operational costs are much lower. Mm-hmm. Plus, I get to count every single one of those units as a paying customer. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas before, I, I might not, even if they're not using it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's their preferred way. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell people this all the time. If you're on the bubble and you're not sure, one thing I can tell you is that, when you are a property owner 
And if you're under a bulk agreement, you go back to the cable company and say, this is not working out for me. I want to go and, and discontinue this contract and go to a, a non-bulk contract. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it happen. <laughs> I've never seen it happen, right? Because right. they don't want that. You're on the contract they prefer. But if you're on a non-bulk agreement, you say, you know what? We want to switch the bulk. Yeah. That's where they want you to go. Anyhow, they're, they're willing to, to work with you on that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, just our recommendation is always, when in doubt, you know, that's, that's the safer bet. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I can see how working for certain, um, you know, I guess if I was in like a 55 or older community or something like that, you know, that could be a good play there. Um, I've seen it work like with uh, different trailer parks and stuff. I've seen that advertised, mm-hmm. you know, so I think it depends who your demographic is, uh, but it's definitely an interesting idea. I also am buying a hotel, you know, where internet's included. I was trying to think how I could work that out, you know, um, I, I guess you could yeah. do some type of bulk cable on that, right? And uh, yeah, hotels are a little bit different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a different, a different animal, different business model, yeah. and different providers are available there because it's to, to one site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that'd be a different setup. And on the electric and gas side, how how would that work exactly? So what we do is we take your your bills. So it's just for you. It's not really for the resident as much as it's just for you. So and again, you have to have enough usage to make it worthwhile, right? So if you're in a situation where you're paying and it's included in the rent, because that still does happen from in, in some situations mm-hmm. and, and you're paying for everybody or you've got common areas or you've got, you know, offices or pools or anything that's going to drive usage, mm-hmm. the more usage you have, the, the more likely we are to be able to negotiate a better rate. Right, right. But that's only pertains to certain deregulated markets. Not every state is deregulated. Not every market is deregulated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are some in, in New Jersey where I live is in Ohio. There are some. But if you get out to like in Oklahoma or Kansas or something like that, they're not deregulated. Tennessee, not deregulated. Okay. So it, it just depends. We've got a list on our uh, website, but uh, also, you know, we can we can, uh, you know, uh, answer that question uh, mm-hmm. for anybody that's interested. Okay. And as far as like getting the uh, tenants to, um, you know, sign documents and, and working with them, I guess it depends on the structure you're setting up. But if you're the internet provider at the end of the day, you would have to kind of get each tenant to either sign an agreement with you, or it's just, I guess this easier way to do is just working into the lease. And you say, you know, internet's included in this building um, right. And then essentially, you know, rent's going to now be a little bit higher because of that. Right. Yeah. There, there really isn't a lot of, of, you know, anything that you need to do. Let's say, you know, you're on a revenue share, um, format where when somebody new moves in, you're going to, you're going to simply probably give them a flyer that says, look, Spectrum or Comcast or, or Comcast or Cox Communications or Verizon, whoever it is, is our preferred provider. Here's the numbers. We encourage you to call them, but you don't have to take the order. You don't have to fulfill anything. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to keep equipment. You don't have, you know, so, so there really is as, as not any considerable additional work other than encouraging them to go with the provider at the time they move in. Okay. Okay. Now, if you do it the other way where you're more involved and you're actually paying the internet company for, the Wi-Fi, you're essentially going to have a router for each unit, right? Um, or do you just put them all on one? one? No, 
each unit has their own in most cases there's a couple yeah. different scenarios there's a couple different like you can do a managed wi-fi which involves purchasing more equipment but right. you can then um you know turn people's service on and off and you're more the uh, almost not really a reseller but kind of almost a reseller model um but in in all cases the resident is responsible for the equipment mm -hmm. and they have the right because the, the the cable company and the billing system will put one two three main street apartment you know mm -hmm. a uh kevin gardner you know is is it's being paid for already these services are being paid for if you want any additional services you got to go get them yourself right right understood okay it's very interesting stuff. No, I mean, listen, there's always good ways to make multiple forms of income on properties. That's what, you know, all about repositioning apartment buildings is making multiple streams of income on the property and more forms of uh, income add up over time, even if they're, they're small. And, and I know over these bigger units, these, these uh, fees can add up over some time. Just give us a quick idea. Like, let's say you had a hundred unit property and one of your customers that maybe, you know, has the hundred unit property or so, what, what, what does someone like that make on, you know, an annual basis with this? Oh, uh, thanks for asking my least favorite question because, um, you know, the, the upfront door fee, um, it depends on who the cable provider is, and quite frankly, where the region, what region of that cable provider. So like Comcast, if you're in Indiana, the um, offer is going to be different than most likely Comcast in Pennsylvania yeah. or, you know, Comcast in Colorado. So it varies. I mean, and, and I hate to not answer your question, but the last thing I want is somebody listening to this, writing down a number and saying, hey, how can I get this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have to figure out the larger the property, the, the, the more we can get. Right. Um, certain markets, um, we can get more. Um, in some markets, it's it's competitive, right? So if you've got Verizon Files available and Comcast available, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a little bit more competitive. So we're going to get more. I will tell you that on, a, on an average, what we, what we tell people is, is on an average, on a revenue share basis, right? So um, a percentage of that on a per door basis, mm -hmm. you can expect to get about $2 maybe on average per door per month. Okay. All right. On average. So $24, $25, 20 to 20 to $25 mm -hmm. a year mm -hmm. per door. Okay. So in your, your situation, it's it's not huge, but if you take that times the total number of units, and this is not just we average it based on the number of doors, not just the number of customers, because customers fluctuates. Right. So this is an average. So if you had a hundred doors. You know, you might be getting an extra, you know, $2,500 a year mm -hmm. in, um, and that's right to the bottom line. So when you yeah. go to refi, you know, you can do the math on that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like having laundry in the basement or something like that. But yeah. you know, then you are paying more water, more, you know, energy. So there's cost to that, you know, and um, you probably end up at the end of the day making about 2,500 bucks more from laundry in the basement, you know, anyways. And, you know, just these little things add up, you know, that could be something similar to like storage units that we've done. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they do make a difference to the bottom line uh, when that's all that is really used to uh, value these buildings, right? So every little dollar to the, bo the bottom line really helps your total valuation, your total cash out refinance, which is our strategy on our properties, which is a great tax strategy. And that's how we pay our investors uh, over time. 
Um, all right. So, Kevin, how can people reach out to you and learn more about your services? Yeah, our company is Multifamily Utility Solutions, and our website is the same.com. And I, I'm simply Kevin at multifamilyutilitysolutions.com. Uh, my phone number is on the website, but real quick, it's area code 248-930-4768. Great, great. All right, very good. We'll put your contact information, your website, and the show notes so our guests can check that out and get in touch with you. And I'm Aaron Fregnito with the Passive Cashflow Podcast, co-owner of People's Capital Group. And as you may know, we buy apartment buildings in New Jersey and uh, hotels and short-term rentals in Southern Vermont. And we focus on helping people invest in real estate passively and get the benefits of real estate like cash flow and tax appreciation and equity growth over time without having to do the heavy lifting of being a landlord or a property manager. So we've helped people invest in real estate for over a decade. And if you want to learn more about that, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com to see if you might qualify. Or you can check out our more podcasts there and our webinars. Again, that's peoplescapitalgroup.com. And I'm Aaron Fragnito. Thanks a lot. 